0: Welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. I'm your host, Annette Lakovich. Join me as I bring you the most cutting edge, coolest people in the planet to help you live a bigger, fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business. Now, let's go. we now attracting easy money. Wow. In your business, your relationships, you can have it. Your self esteem with speaking another language crazy glasses your business is now speaking to the masses, to the masses. i'm recording masses. this introduction the day before my birthday i'm turning 43 tomorrow loud and proud about my age and Also, it's two days before the Unconvention. So if you've been living under a rock and you don't know what the Unconvention is, it is the largest convention for entrepreneurs, business owners in Australia um, and definitely one of the largest in the world. So this is, we're talking global here. And today we're actually bringing on Jack DeLosa, who is the founder of The Entourage and the brains behind the Unconvention. The Unconvention this year has six incredible speakers and the largest panel that I have seen of high quality entrepreneurs, business owners, investors, inventors, uh, global brand leaders, leading franchise guru in Australia. And one thing you notice that they all have in common they are able to deliver a message in the way the audience needs to hear it in their words, to be able to impact the audience, to be able to create a movement, be able to create emotion, to be able to create connection to their story, their journey, and to the learnings they want to impart. And that's one thing that you'll notice that all successful people have. All successful people know how to deliver a message so it impacts the listeners. If you have this burning desire that you want to speak, that you know you have a message but perhaps right now it's being clouded by the the doubter inside meaning you know you're saying I'm not good enough I can't I'm not pretty enough I'm not old enough I'm too young I'm too fat I'm too skinny whatever the not
1: enough is but deep down you know It is the fastest way for you
0: to be able to grow your business. There is one thing that beats any type of online marketing machine, and it's you getting up and being able to talk, being able to do Facebook lives, webinars, at network groups, um, or even being asked to speak on somebody else's stage. That is going to be the fastest way for you to be able to convert and get leads or sales. Now, you might be saying, I don't want to look pushy. I don't want to look like I'm breaking rapport with the audience. Making more sales is not about the push. It's about when you speak, somebody needs to hear your message the way that you say it. And that inspires that perfect prospect listening to take action. And that's pretty much the most important part, isn't it? Where you are able to deliver a message that does impact and inspire the listener The biggest mistake that I see is when people get a speaking opportunity, they make a big mistake. And the big mistake is that they haven't got a well-crafted talk that actually helps them convert. So they might've made a lot of friends in their audience, but they walk away with not a sale and not a lead. So being able to have a well-structured talk that creates more of the invisible sale. So it's comfortable for you comfortable for the audience and is able to be able to leave a big footprint when you go and after the dust has settled and you're able to be able to get clients very easily, then I want you to listen up. Because if this sounds like you, I have a workshop coming up and it's going to be a first that I'm putting out there for the public. I have ran this workshop for 12 years but it's always been behind closed doors with my private clients and also with my corporates. So I'm putting it out there to the public because I really want to help you as the business owner be able to learn how to do public speaking and not just do public speaking, not just be able to command the stage, also to be able to help you convert in the most effortless, beautiful way. So, if this sounds like you, at the moment, I'm just put up a list for you to be able to show interest. So, if you go to AnnetteLakovich.com forward slash rock the stage, I learned that you love that name. You want to rock the stage, man. So, if you want to go to AnnetteLakovich.com or one word, rock the stage, check it out, put your details in. You'll be the first to know when the cart opens so you can get the Early Bird tickets. So let me introduce you to Mr. Jack DeLosa. Jack DeLosa is change in education for entrepreneurs. He's the founder and CEO of Australia's largest and most disruptive education institution for entrepreneurs called The Entourage. The Entourage currently has a community of over 360,000 entrepreneurs and continually growing each day. Prior to The Entourage, Jack DeLosa was the co-founder of MBE Education, which assisted SMEs to raise money for investors. MBE quickly became one of Australia's fastest growing companies. Along the way, Jack also became a high-profile investor himself. His first book, Unprofessional, became the bestseller in only three short weeks. And his most recent book, which I don't know if you guys have seen it, it is stunning. Just the visuals of it, the inside of the pages, the book is called Unwritten. And this book outlines the unconventional wisdom that Jack fully lives and breathes today and continually wanting to make the world a better place. Jack has been listed in the BRW Young Rich List since 2014. Today in this interview, we pull the curtain right back and we dive into how Jack was handling the hardest time in his business history so far to date and really helped him create more alignment with health, nutrition, fitness, and being able to take a really close look at someone that's very high profile and the way that they live their day-to-day life. This is an incredible interview. Jack is very raw, very open, and it's just going to have so many golden nuggets for you from start to finish. Get ready to roll your sleeves up and take a stack of notes if you can. Otherwise, while you're driving, believe me, you'll probably replay a few things over and over again to really be able to embrace Jack's message. Without further ado, let me introduce you to Jack DeLosa. So, Jack DeLosa, welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. Yay! I'm so glad that you're on. Right. I know it's a show for chicks, but there's a very good reason why I've
1: got you all on All the, the show. better, right? <laughs>
0: That's
1: <all> right. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely awesome. Where are you joining us today? Are you in the office in Sydney? You're in your home office?
1: Yes. I'm in our Entrepreneur Development Centre in Ultimo, Sydney.
0: Yeah, We've had a couple of moves, haven't you? With the with the business, we were in. Um,
1: yeah, so we
0: because I was doing some coaching there at one stage. We're in what was the street? We're in, in York,
1: sorry,
0: Ma- uh, York Street. So York, and then two places in. Park. Oh, yeah, York Street
1: was a different lifetime ago, wasn't it? Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, so we were in York Street when there was like. Um, there's probably sort of that was when we were going from sort of four to twelve, and then we were yeah. in um, up Harris Street, and we had a, a non profit development center up there with a. Sort of, that was from sort of 12 to 80, yeah. and now we're, uh, we're just down the sort of water end of Harris Street now, which is perhaps even more beautiful down here. So yeah. the team are happy. That's the main thing. <laughs> and you
0: always have a home that looks near the water. What's water for you? Is it to help you at all with alignment, with feeling better? What Why why you always got water views? Not just because you can afford In it. time. <laughs> yeah.
1: Not just because you can <laughs> afford it now. <laughs> Even when I yeah, exactly even when I couldn't you know like even just heading down to a, a, a Bondi for instance on a weekend um, whenever I am by the ocean it is incredibly therapeutic it's incredibly grounding for me why is that I, I actually I actually don't know it's just always been that way I am a Pisces so I don't know if that sort of contributes to it Ooh. Um, but you know at a, at a soul level I've always found it incredibly rejuvenating.
0: Well, I heard once because our body's made up of like 90% water. Yeah. I think that's why we're (laughs) attracted to actually just sitting there and looking. Exactly. And looking out. Exactly. Mm. Well, the reason why I've invited you on the show today is because if I have a male on the show, it's because he brings in something that I know that the women can learn from that's not just the normal masculine model. And mm. I know you're a man. I know you're very masculine. Not taking that away from you, but I noticed. <laughs> you bring in a lot of feminine energy or more of a spiritual energy to the way that you work the yeah. way that you run your business um, instead of the old school masculine model so that's why I wanted you to bring you in because I just know that we continually kill ourselves in business from my surveys that I have talked to you about uh, the surveys are that we're continually trying to desensitize ourselves through something through alcohol through food through drugs, mm-hmm. all different types of things and the way that I've tried to always incorporate health and fitness into my life and even doing that through the toughest times, I still struggled with weight and now I feel like I've just really honed into more of a holistic way of living. So that's why I've got you on the show and I'd love yeah. to dive into that area first. I know it's a bit deep to start off with, so but good. this love is what it. the show is all deep about. So can we start with what made you start incorporating this and I don't know what the word is that you put on this if it's mind body if it's not wholeness yeah so so what is it that made you start incorporating it into your your everyday life
1: and business? I think for me it was a really organic evolution of self and when I started you know I probably had a couple of uh, really good mentors and advisors probably going back four or five years and I think the their somewhat spiritual and human approach to business almost gave me permission to bring more of that into business. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think back in the 1980s, business was greed is good, more is better, win, lose, step over others to get what you want. And one thing that I find really encouraging is that I, I think, you know, in today's day and age, there are very few people that sort of subscribe to that philosophy or that approach to business today to business and life right today business and life for um you know a a good amount of people today is about i want to do something meaningful i want to do something i enjoy i want to find ways um to work that are expressive of my talents and myself Mm -hmm. um and i want to be able to contribute to the people around me and so i just think I think the world's in an interesting place right now in that um, I think the, the media sort of over amplify more of the negative stuff than ever before. Mm-hmm. However, humanity, if you look at it, if, if you do the research, you look at it from a data-driven perspective, the planet is safer than ever before. There is less poverty than ever before. There is less violence and war than ever before. There is greater connectivity than ever before. I, I think humanity is going through a phase right now of, of incredible evolution, yeah. and I think the pattern that you're sort of that we're talking about um, is one expression of that.
0: Mm. And the media has just learned how to market more and more, and they market to the pain. So, guys, yeah. if you're listening, turn uh, the friggin' news off. Just don't watch it. All. Don't listen to it. Okay. Mm. you've actually written in your book unwritten there's a piece there where you say we spend our life tinkering with the universe that doesn't exist to mm. really to be able to find that 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 purpose bigger than you how much has that mm. helped you and how much do you feel like you've evolved since you've started to quiet the mind and do different types of practices which i want to dive into what practices you're doing how has that helped you evolve and and see
1: bigger visions there's probably a couple of contexts to that. The first context is that we had a, I had a really challenging 2016 from a business perspective due to some mm-hmm. government regulation stuff. We might touch on some of that when we go into business stuff later. Oh, don't you worry but about coming in that <laughs> <yeah. laughs> That's like a commercial near death experience, right? And so coming out of that, I had a really beautiful, inspired, impactful new release. Uh, sorry, new lease on life. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I started to do everything from dive into spirituality to a greater degree, dive into biohacking, which is obviously um, ways to rejuvenate and treat uh, and optimize the body and mind. Uh, You know, I started to read more. And so I I sort of started to take a hugely holistic approach to life and business, perhaps for the first time, right? And, And what I found is that it's, it's so obvious it's almost not worth saying, but when, when you sleep better, when you're in better shape, when you feel better emotionally, when you're sharper intellectually, when you're taking care of yourself physically, mm-hmm. when you're engaging intellectually and you're learning more, for me, the holistic stuff I've done outside of business has been the biggest edge I've ever created for myself in business. Yeah. Right? I think for the first probably 10 years of my career, I, was, I just had the blinkers on so much. It was, you know, life was 98% business. And, and when I sort of started to round that out and look at life a little bit more holistically, mm. it, 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 it made me a substantially better entrepreneur than I was before
0: yeah it's like uh, richard branson says work personal life it's all life it's it's we just create Same these thing. segmentations so if we really can thrive because it's us that needs to show up at that best version of ourselves so we can think better we can perform better exactly. we can handle stress so let's dive into exactly. that that big crucial moment that you had the government take away and not just you it was everybody we know that businesses just shut down Everywhere because of this, where they took away the government funding, and your business has gone through so many different ways of um, evolving. It's just, it's just continue like Madonna, it just keeps (laughs) (laughs) these different new ways of entourage. Um, What was it like for you um, on a real personal level to know that it was such a public thing that this has been taken away, and you're actually one of the butt businesses that you had quadrupled the amount of staff or even more than that and then had to quickly change and do it so publicly where you're needing to tie people's jobs up to let them go like how was that for you uh
1: it was the most challenging period of my life right and i I lost my big brother when i was 18 he was 21 we lost tom to drugs um and this was um and, and perhaps it's the benefit of sort of distance in terms of you know when tom passed away that was 12 years ago now um but yeah it it felt like the most excruciating uh challenging on every level period of my life and when i say challenging on every level uh, challenging as a CEO and entrepreneur, of course. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we we sat – so just to sort of give some context. So started on entrepreneurship in 2010. We had 100% year-on-year growth right up until 2015. Um, uh, decided to go into the diploma market, which is accredited education with qualifications and government funding because it would enable us to reach more people globally. So went into that space and invested really heavily into that space. And then there was a cash hold that was – industry-wide the government stopped paying the industry so we had a you know 500 students that we were educating but and earning the revenue from but not seeing the cash from and so that went for about a year and cumulatively for us that was a sort of cash strain of about six million dollars and then at the end of that year the government changed the scheme altogether uh, which meant that we had about three months left and then we could no longer participate in the space and so they wiped out an industry and they did it deliberately um, and you know, by all professional assessments at the time, everybody I spoke to, from accountants to lawyers to uh, administrators to liquidators, all said, y- "You won't be able to trade through this. You know, it's done. Let- let's wind it up and start mm. start start another one again." And and that just wasn't an option for me. It, it was not an option to wind up something that was so, that is so incredibly important to me, to, mm-hmm. to your husband, Nettie, Peter Lackovich, to yeah. you, to all of our investors, to all of our people, to all of our members. You know, this isn't a business for us. If if it was a business mm-hmm. and only a business, I would have wound it up in five minutes, like, you know, yeah. commercially in Financially, that's that's what that would have been the intelligent, in inverted commas, thing to do. Um, but you know, it, to to our, to the conversation we're having a moment ago, this is a purpose for us. This is a life for us. This is this is our fucking life's work. You know that we're dealing with. Yeah. So you know, wind it up and stop wasn't an option. Mm. And so it was. So we, you know, it was challenging commercially and professionally. I sat in the boardroom for three weeks with my COO, my CFO, occasionally getting different executives and doing trying to work out how we could, you know, rebuild the business from that current point in time. To give you a little bit of context. When the government gave us three months and then it was sort of, you know, space is over, we were three months away from a monthly loss of $800,000. So three months away from a monthly loss of $800,000. And so it's like how the fuck do you, how do you build a model from that and and how do you make it work from a financial perspective? Um, And so... You know, like I just and and I said, I just felt the, the weight of the world on me weeks. when you said that. That's just, uh, uh, and so we were in a boardroom for three weeks, but we didn't work it out for probably eight weeks. So it's just like this huge puzzle. As to, like it just mm-hmm. it just wouldn't work. How do, you, how do you go from you know the losses that we've incurred, the losses that the government have not paid us, how many staff are currently carrying? The drop in revenue that is now going to be inevitable this loss that's like how like it was just so recalcitrant it was like this it was like an impossible form you just could work it out personally you know it was incredibly challenging because because when you're that close to having something it's having your life's work close to death uh you don't sleep right it, you, you don't eat um and then You know, personally, in terms of you know, we went from eighty staff down to forty staff. Our culture is incredible. We're a family here, so to let go of forty people was incredibly challenging. Spiritually, it was challenging because you need to you need to find you know depths of strength that are so far beyond what you ever thought you were capable of conjuring up. Um, and that what made you do like, do you
0: think is did you feel like you dived in then or do you feel like it was just so hard that you just that was the last thing you even tried to do <laughs> It was like to go go okay, it's time to try and meditate and we'll <laughs> take some time out I
1: think, no so I didn't start meditating that sort of side didn't for me come until I started to come out of it mm. and then I was like oh, okay, I'm starting to get a little bit of life back. I, I can now sleep and choose to do things like go to the gym. You yeah. know, you can't get your life. back, And so that's when I started getting the meditation stuff. But um, th- this is the thing with adversity is that um, it teaches you a lot. Yeah. And so so, and so how, how did I do that or why did I do that? What, what I would relate it to is, um, you know, when somebody passes away, right, after they've passed away you don't have a choice as to whether they're gone or not right they're gone the only choice that you can make is how you're now going to be in response to that and so you know having gone through you know losing tom uh 12 years ago it, it was a powerful preparation for this period that i went through because it again the, the the only choice I have in that scenario is to quit or not. But if quitting isn't an option, then it, then it just it, it, it doesn't make any sense to do anything other than lean into it and choose who to be and how to be and what to do in response to it. So I think when, when you burn your boats and you don't give yourself any um, off ramp, yeah, you have to mm-hmm. rise.
0: You talked about Tom a few times. It's the first interview that I have had you ever talk about Tom. Is it something now where you feel that you've made peace with 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 that, and there's there's more of an acknowledgement now?
1: Yeah, that, yeah it's, it's interesting to you say that. So yes, there, there is a a, a higher degree of acceptance um, around it these days. Absolutely, and 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 I do think. You know, 16 and 2016, the beginning of 17 from a commercial standpoint, it, it, it as a human, it really does feel the same way. And so I think when you go through, you know, ad- adversity that's similar to adversity that you've faced in the past, it does bring it all up again in a mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And so, again, and, and that's opportunity for more healing and all of that sort of stuff. But I, but I, I, I do think that uh, through each chapter of adversity, this if, if you choose to, the strength that you build from it um, is unlike the strength that you will get from any other experience. Challenge is the greatest thing when you respond to it in a healthy way.
0: Mm. Well, I'm so sorry to hear more about Tom because we haven't ever really gone there. Um, mm. if, if we go back to when you're a kid and you're at school, what was what was your schooling like? Because I remember at one of the uncon's, I think it was in Brisbane. I think I was MC in that time. I can't remember, but I remember I came out just to watch you on stage, mm. and I caught a tiny piece of the story. But it was it, it rattled my cage to know that this is the communications happened to children, and it was about you getting to.
1: So I was no good in school. I, I I found it slow, theoretical, impractical. I don't buy into the you know why are we learning this? You know, teacher. Uh because we have to like why do we you know, like I, you just I just wasn't convinced. Um <laughs> and so I, I didn't have a why. You don't can, <laughs> I should be up there, I can imagine you just no. sitting there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, really? You took me to buy that because I have to like come on. And so it's never 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 any good. It should have actually been expelled from school a few times. So I I was fortunate that I did actually go to quite an understanding school, which was super important for me to survive. But then so I'll sort of tell the story quickly in when I was in year 10 or 11 I went and did a work experience and I did work experience with uh, my cousin who was a lawyer for legal aid uh, which is like a free legal service for people that can't mm-hmm. afford legal services in Victoria and uh, and so that was the first time that I'd ever seen anything happen in the real world it's the first time I'd ever seen people operate in the real world so it gave me context as to well, this is why I should learn legal studies. This is why I should learn English, you know, because because I can now apply it to something that I've seen. And so, you know, at the age of 16 or whatever, I decided I wanted to be a lawyer because that was all, that was all I had seen. And so that was enough to get me to knuckle down and, and really um, um, focus and try at school. And so it, what what happened was in year 12, I actually pulled my finger out and I did, I did quite well. I, I got... An award at the end of year twelve, and it was the biggest backhanded compliment anybody can get. I won the most improved award, which was essentially Jack. You were so shit for so long, and this year you weren't <laughs> as bad, and so we're going to give you a, you know, a trophy. And uh, and 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 the the prize that you would get to do, you get to do what every teenage boy wants to do, which is go down to the local bookstore <laughs> and choose your own book. This <laughs> <But>, uh, <laughs> it's, it's called- <laughs> You can imagine how excited I was. Um, and so I walked into the bookstore and I was like, oh, what am I doing here? And, um, you know, it's literally 50 metres away from the school. And, and I walked and I just sort of was drawn over to the personal development section. And there was this book on the bottom shelf and and it really, really, really spoke to me, resonated with me. I picked it up. I read the blurb and it was just, it was the first time that I'd ever connected with the book at that level. And so I went to the counter and I said, yeah, mate, I'm just here, you know, from from uh, school around the corner, I believe that you know we're doing this book thing. And so I struck up a really good rapport with the guy behind the counter, and we're, we're chatting, we're chatting we're chatting, and then all of a sudden he looks down at the title of the book and his entire expression changed, his entire energy changed. It was almost like he was offended. and he looked up at me and he goes, ha, that easy, is it? And I'm like seventeen years of age, and I'm going, yeah I, 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 suppose, I don't know, I haven't read the book yet, but I suppose. He's like, yeah, yeah, and he turned around and he threw the book on a pile of books because they would then take him to the school to give out on speech night. Mm. End of conversation. Didn't want to be my friend after that. Um, and so then they give you, they award you this book at speech night. So speech night's like the final celebration, end of year 12. You come together, parents, everybody in their grade, brothers, sisters, family, peers. And, and you, you, you know, you recognise the graduates. And so this was the first time I was ever on stage in high school, just because I wasn't the kind of person you put on stage in high school. Um, and and so there, there we are, you know, a side stage, all the, all the different people that have won an award, we're, we're standing up side stage, we're about to walk out on the stage, shake the hand of our headmaster principal collect our book that we'd chosen previously and walk on. and so I'm standing there like next to the ducks of the school and all these smart people I go what the fuck am I doing here and um so we start calling our names and they go out one by one and um and then I was standing there and I was next and uh I couldn't see the audience but I could see the headmaster and he started laughing you know quite quite you know joyously uh, and then a moment later, the entire auditorium, you know, there's probably 800 people in the auditorium, started bursting oh. out laughter as well. And so I'm going, why the fuck is everyone laughing? And so I walk out on the stage, I shake the hand of the headmaster um, and, and then I, you know, enter stage left. Um, and I go up to one of my friends and I said, why was Mr Irwin and, 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 the, and the audience laughing? And he said, Mr Irwin um, looks down at the title of the book when you saw the title of the book, he started to laugh. He then turned that he then sort of held up the book to show the audience the title of the book, and they too started to laugh at you. Um, and I found that really interesting. The book that I had chosen was called Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. Right? Think and Grow Rich, which is one of you know the all-time classics written by Napoleon yeah. almost a hundred years ago now. Um
0: Probably and the so best selling it, book
1: for <laughs> yeah, personal exactly. development mixed with success. <laughs> exactly. And so it's it's interesting for two reasons because ten years later they called me back to come back and speak at speak at the high school, meet with the headmaster, bring back all of Jack's teachers. Um, we're getting a news crew there. So Jack, the news crew is coming, we want you to come. Uh, you know, we want you to meet with the headmasters, we're gonna interview you, we're gonna interview teachers, you know, they wanted to do a bit of a profile piece. And that was 10 years later. So that day where I went back to the school 10 years later um, was exactly 10 years to the day since they laughed me off stage at speech night. 10 years to the day. Goosebump moment to the the day. Right. Now, why did they invite me back? Because they saw that at the age of 27. I had just been listed on the BRW Young Rich List, which is Australia's 100 wealthiest people under 40, all self-made. Ten years to the day since they laughed me off stage for having a book called Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm.
0: Far out.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, such yeah. a
0: powerful story. And just just to think... This is a schooling system, and I know this is what you do with the entourage and why you set out was you wanted to disrupt the education in the way that it's the way that it's needed and the way that it's going to be useful and the way that it's going to make true change. And one thing that I yeah. noticed with the entourage is I talked about <laughs> you're like the Madonna where you guys are always evolving, like evolution is so important yeah. for you. How hard has it been? And even why, why
1: evolution is important in a business. 100%. And it's such a good question because I think your point is a really important answer, an important important philosophy, which is our vision has always been consistent. Our mission has always been consistent. So our vision at the entourage, the, the, the impact that we want to make. Is to push civilization forward by enabling more people to live on purpose, mm-hmm. right? So that that's the sort of contribution that we want to make to planet Earth over the next thirty or forty years. Push civilization forward, and so we built a, a medium-sized. Yeah, you know, relatively large-sized, unaccredited education institution from two thousand and ten to two thousand and fifteen, um, and then we identified that in order to to, to scale internationally and therefore reach more people, if both in Australia and internationally, it helps. It would help if we were offering qualifications, and so we did something that no other unaccredited education business in Australia has ever done. We went from unaccredited; it became a registered training organisation, and we started to offer accredited government. Uh, you know, qualifications attached to, to government funding. Um, and, so, and, and, and we did that incredibly well. When we came into the accredited space, uh, our launch was, you know, unprecedented levels of success. We, we did it incredibly well. And so it was the right strategic play at the time. As I mentioned before, there was two fundamental sort of government shifts. The first was withholding cash from the industry and the second was they essentially wiped out the, that sort of level of RTO. And so that then meant that we could not pursue an accredited path. And so, again, almost uh, out of necessity, we needed to rebuild and rescale our unaccredited side, our, our side of our education that has nothing to do with government, no government funding, none of that. And I tell you what's interesting, Nettie, is um, in fact, I've never spoken about this to anybody. Oh, um, it's super please. interesting. The day before, the, so, so we found out that the entire, it's called VET, Vocational Education and Training, right? like the accredited edu- education space. We mm-hmm. found out that that space was essentially going to be demolished by looking at the front page of a newspaper one morning right? it was front page oh. news, you know. Simon Birmingham, the 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 minister for education, was, was was you know. They said they're going to smash the vet sector with a sledgehammer, which they did, right? So um, just pause for a second because I it,
0: say I say don't listen to the news, don't read the news. If the news is meant to find you, it will,
1: and there you go, I found yeah, you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. You're meant to hear and it. So, You'll so, see it. So, You'll so see it somehow. <laughs> and so that news story meant that we could no longer participate in 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 the RTO accredited space. However. The night before that newspaper came out, I got your husband Peter into you know we started having a chat with Pete, mm-hmm. and I said, "Mate, I've, I've had a I've had an interesting thought. I, I think that we should go out of the accredited space, go back to our roots, go back to our heart, and 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 become the world's number one education institution in you know private institution away from the government. Like fuck them. Like, let's do it, Let's do it without them." And so it was this conversation I started with Pete 12 hours earlier and then the next day front page was, you know, we're going to smash the detector with the sed channel. So I was like, Pete, isn't wow. that funny? Like we're talking about that last night. Let's, uh, let's go, you know. And, and so we, we were forced down it, but it might have been something that we chose to do anyway.
0: Was that because you started to feel like it started not to be as aligned with your vision and your mission? Is that sort of where it, it, that, that feeling came from? for you to actually even voice that before or do you think it was just intuition just kicking in
1: <laughs> get out now so both of those things are absolutely true as well as a sort of newfound understanding that we could not build anything sustainable throughout 2016 and 17 i was meeting with just about every politician that you called right at a federal level at, at a state level minister for training uh, minister for training minister for vocational education and training, ministers for education, ministers for skills at a federal level and at a state. I, I met with all of them because I was trying to influence them to not wipe out the sector, just put in place some measures that got rid of the dodgy providers that everybody wanted mm-hmm. out in the sector, but in a way that would sustain great education that people like the entourage were delivering. What I found is that the, the politicians and the bureaucrats in charge of education in this country don't understand education Mm -hmm. They don't care about education. Like genuinely, they don't care. The people that are in charge of education and training in this country do not care about education and training in this country. Mm -hmm. They care about um, not being, they care about getting themselves off uh, the front pages of newspapers for for bad news and dodgy providers and wasting taxpayers' money. And they care about accolades. They care about getting re-elected. And so, you know, probably not such a huge revelation. I I suppose I was a little bit naive in, in coming into that space, thinking that, if we can demonstrate a model that advances education in this country then the politicians will care they don't they just don't and so and so i came to the realization that fuck you know you 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 can't influence change in educate from you can't influence edu- uh, change in the education system in australia because the educate the people that control it don't want it to change yeah and so i came to the realization that education both in Australia and globally will not be changed from the inside out. It will be advanced by people like the Entrage, people like yourself, Nettie, um, people like General Assembly or, you know, these new school Mind Valley, right? These new Mm -hmm. school education training companies proving up a better model and the world will follow.
0: Mm. It's quite interesting you say that because it's like that in so many different areas. Um, I've been diving so deep into the health side of things and the different causes of food. And we hear about people having anaphylactic shock and needing these EpiPens. Mm. And there's an organisation that one mother was trying to talk with them about getting the word out, how do we stop this? And it's all through you know gut health and we can reduce anaphylactic shock. And she wasn't getting through mm. to them. And she did more and more research. She found out this organisation was actually run by the pharmaceutical, um, one of the pharmaceutical trades that actually sell (laughs) EpiPens. Yeah. So massive conflict of interest, not really there
1: to help people. There's another another documentary on Netflix, I think it's called What the Health, Um, and they looked at... um, He's, a particular individual starts doing a whole bunch of research on why cancer foundations are suggesting people eat foods that have been clinically proven to be linked to causing cancer. And he's sort of going on this mission to go, why are you guys recommending these foods and these practices that cause cancer? And then uh, he found out who was sponsoring them, and the people sponsoring the cancer foundations are the food brands that cause up, yeah. but they're the ones that are funding it's the foundations. Shocking, you know. And so, hundred yeah. percent. And people need to understand this, right? A lot of. Government and corporate institutions do not have your best interests at heart. Mm. It's really important. Even the foundations, even some of the not-for-profit, you know, e- even the ones that you know, um, you know, McDonald's—they do a whole lot of stuff for, for kids' charities, and they've got the Ronald McDonald Institute, and they've got Ronald McDonald, who's a really fun clown mm. who looks really nice and kind. You know, McDonald's want you to buy your kids poison for dinner. Mm. You know, Krispy Kreme want you to buy their donuts while their donuts are hot. Alcohol brands want you to buy more alcohol yeah. um, you, and this is, the, this is why it's so important to be in tune with yourself and, and have a vision for your life because it's only when you know where you're going and who you're becoming that you can ignore the tens of thousands of messages that we get on any given week from other people and other corporations and other marketing messages that, that really will kill you if you follow them.
0: Yeah, you have to be your own detective, food detective, health detective, just everything. Yes. It's funny because we, we drive past McDonald's all the time and Braxton thinks it's the place that just has a fun park. He doesn't realise there's <laughs> actually food in there restaurant so and he's that seen it so preschool, good. McDonald's, McDonald's. He's got no idea what McDonald's is. <laughs> <laughs> so i'll get away that with it as long so as i good. can possibly can let's, start, let's let's change let's go into rapid fire are you ready for rapid fire
1: yes i'm so ready for rapid okay fire. let's
0: do this let's change the pace all right two biggest tips you t- could tell people listening to never do in business two things to never do in business
1: two things to never do in business build something and invest in something that you don't yet know what people want and the second thing is stop growing. So the minute you stop growing, your business will start dying.
0: Best advice you've ever been given in business that worked?
1: Best, it's not commercial advice, but it's the best advice I've ever been given in business and life is when the voice inside of your head is louder than the voices outside of your head, that's when you've begun to master your life.
0: Nice. Favourite business woman? You. You. And next, <laughs> besides me,
1: Michelle. Bridges. <laughs> After you, Michelle Bridges. Michelle Bridges, oh, love it. She, she is. She is incredible. Have yes, coffee, she. or you know, spend ten minutes with Miss. You'll walk away feeling a hundred foot tall and bulletproof. She is. She's. She, as a human, she's out of this world, from a different Fabulous. place. Incredible.
0: Who do you text message the most?
1: Probably Pete and Tim. So Pete, your husband, yep. who uh, is, you know, we've worked very closely together forever, and Tim, who's our general manager. Who would you pick up the phone to no matter
0: what? Doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, If the phone rings, and that's that person you'd pick it up. My dad,
1: but still, it's not 100% of the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How often do you exercise a week?
1: Uh Four times, Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday.
0: Absolute favourite way to exercise?
1: Swimming in the ocean. Ooh.
0: Favourite style of
1: music? Music. Hip-hop.
0: Worst habit? That you're happy to share. Worst
1: habit? (laughs) What's your worst habit? I had a lot more of them about six months ago. Um, Ooh. Worst habit today? It's not there. Um, it's probably more of a, I need to get better. I need to further develop my habit of meditating. I, ideally, I'd meditate twice a day. I've dropped the bar to once a day, and I still mm-hmm. only do it probably four or five times a week, rather than seven times a week. So my worst habit is the habit of not doing meditation as much as I should.
0: Mm. Well, that's uh, doing pretty good at that bad habit, anyway. <laughs> what was it before what was the habit
1: that you've one of the habits that you've broken before very boring one isn't it so i now do things like uh no alcohol monday sorry sunday to thursday no sugar monday to friday Mm -hmm. so uh, like i used to have quite a high sugar intake i used to um you know have a glass of wine probably two or three nights a week and, and and when you get rid of Alcohol. When you get rid of sugar, sugar, when you when you adopt a much healthier diet, you sleep better, you function better, and so that, that's probably what I would have said six months ago. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, that's the answer we're looking for. No, that's great. That's really yeah. good because we've been
1: yeah, so yeah. much yeah, yeah. on yeah.
0: sugar um, in the shows that are coming up just to educate the the effects, the cancer effects, the health effects, the so everything. It's such an important discussion. Most proudest memory in business. I know you've had a few. So oh. Ten-
1: Um, Coming out of um, the challenging period that we discussed before, The, the, the rise and the comeback has been so much more powerful than the setback.
0: Most embarrassing moment to do with work, business, some type of situation something that's happened
1: embarrassing moment I probably Jesus touch wood I probably don't have one but I tell you what it's going to be I shouldn't jinx myself when I say this but I've always thought that if I fall off stage that would be really really embarrassing I'm just yet to do it so stay tuned
0: done that (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm the only one that oh I've fallen off the stage so many times
1: So many times. What I do on stage is when I'm speaking, it's probably the same with you, I I get so, so um, engaged, bordering on aggressive, right? And so I stand, when I'm on stage, I stand like half of like the front halves of my feet are off the the stage. stage. I'm the same, yeah. Exactly. I want to get closer to the audience. Mm. I always want to be in the audience. And And so I flirt with that line of the stage a lot. And uh, one day I'm going to go too far. Nah, I don't reckon you will.
0: Do you know, I actually, repre- I, I, in, in presentation skills, um, I teach people to stand as close as they can to the front of the stage um, when they start. Yeah. Because actually, at an yeah, unconscious yeah. level, it shows confidence. For me, I've never seen it, never been taught yes. that way, but I know I just want to be yes. so close I agree to them. With that. And I think that oozes um, confidence. When someone's nervous, they normally stand further back. Okay, yes, wrap so question. Here we are. Biggest question of oh. rapid fire:
1: two-pack or biggie? Two-pack for sure. Could
0: not agree with me. In closing, biggest tip for the person <laughs> in a startup: we've got a person in a startup um, just getting things together. She's got her mission, she's got her value, she's got her business going out there, she's trying to make money. Big message for her.
1: Shine an unwavering light on product-to-market fit. So whether you have a product or service, go deep into consumer and and make sure that you're building something and refining something to get to a place where you have something that people will um, die for. Mm,
0: Love it. Uh, Biggest tip for somebody in the growth stage so they know that they're expanding, they're needing to scale, they need to bring on new staff um, or a bigger team,
1: Spend 80% of your time on revenue-generating activities. And so, once you've got product-market fit in the startup phase, growth phase is all about sales and marketing. Growth is sales and marketing-led. And um, even for Uber or Facebook, who have their most incredible product-market fits in the world, it's still sales and marketing-led. And you know this better than anyone, Nettie. You know, yeah. um, studies show that the average small and medium business owner spends 11% of their time on sales and marketing. In my view. As you're growing, you need to be spending mm-hmm. 80% of your time on sales. Yeah, marketing. absolutely, absolutely agree. Even non-for-profits, I go in to teach non-for-profits
0: sales exactly. training because they need sales. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, so true. Like, we, we laugh, but I think that's one of the key learnings for not-for-profits a lot of the time, right? Treat yeah. it like a business. It's not even yeah. the entourage. We don't view ourselves as a business, but fuck, we treat it like one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh,
1: I've been swearing a lot this time, Nettie.
0: That's all right. We're all good. It's a lifestyle show. It's life. <laughs> All right. Last thing. Last thing you to take us home with this. What's the one thing that you do on a very regular basis, daily to weekly, has to be at least weekly, that makes the biggest difference in your level of happiness?
1: So I'll take 30 seconds to answer that. I, so for me it's about having a vision for your life having goals that will get you toward that vision, you know, six-, 12-month goals type thing, and then knowing what the daily habits you can do that will enable the achievement of those goals, right? So setting great goals should catalyse you to have good habits and having good habits should catalyse you to achieve great goals. But, you know, in terms of personal growth and development, the most powerful thing is your daily habits. It's what you integrate into your life that changes your life. And so the most powerful thing I do daily is I've got an app that's called Productive. And in Productive, you punch in all of your different habits. So I said before I go to the gym Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, in my Productive, if, if I go into my Productive and it interrupts me throughout my days, uh, on Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday or Thursday, it'll say, have you gone to the gym today? And I'll go yes or no, right? Um, so not eating sugar, reading once a day, meditating every day, adding value to the business, practising gratitude daily, not indulging in negative thoughts, no alcohol, uh sunday to thursday um you know reading every day all, all of this different stuff um i have been my productive app and i've only been doing that for about three weeks now but it is by far the number one thing that i do that increases energy and performance
0: love it jack de thank mm. you so much for shining your beautiful light on the whole world love you as a friend love you as a businessman. Big kisses
1: to you. Love you, Nettie D. Thank you so much. That was a beautiful discussion.
0: Now, Jack has actually given you a gift today, which is his mind, body, and soul ebook. It goes through the key habits for you to be able to create optimal results daily, weekly, and monthly, all the things that he does to help you have full optimal health for mind, body, and soul. So if you want to get your hands on that, which I'm sure you do after that interview, go to annettelacovic.com forward slash jack, Otherwise, you can scroll down in the show notes. You'll actually see the link and that will take you through to the page that we've got all the information for Jack, the entourage, everything you want to know about them on that one page. Have a sensational week. Keep kicking ass. And remember, if you want to learn how to deliver your message so it's powerful, moves the audience, impacts the audience, or want to be able to grow your business, be able to inspire people from listening to you in groups like networking events, meetings, make sure you check out Rock the Stage. That's Annette Lakovich forward slash Rock the Stage. Rock the Stage is all one word, no hyphens in between. So AnnetteLakovich.com forward slash Rock the Stage. All you need to do is just put your hand up, say, yes, I am keen. Pop your details in and you'll be the very first to know when the workshop is released with the early bird tickets. Hopefully I'll see some of you this weekend at the unconvention where you'll hear the great Jack DeLosa speaking. And if you love this interview, please make sure you do two things, write a five star review on iTunes and also share it with a friend. Let's really be able to help other entrepreneurs be able to have a more healthier, wealthier, happier way to live as we build our beautiful empires. This is Annette Lackovich, checking out for now.